Hong Kong bracing for more chaos as anti-government protesters plan to paralyze parts of the city for a third day. Hong Kong police now warning the Chinese territory is on the brink of a total breakdown. A Philippine lawmaker eyes emergency powers for President Duterte to carry out government's massive infrastructure push. And Ramon intensifies into a tropical storm. Good afternoon. I'm Camina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Welcome to the program. We begin in Hong Kong as the city braces for more protests following days of violent confrontations. Police now warn Hong Kong is on the brink of a total breakdown. A dire warning from Hong Kong police as violent protests continue to grip the Chinese-ruled city. Hong Kong's rule of law has been pushed to the brink of total collapse as masks, rioters recklessly, recklessly escalate their violence under the false hope that they can get away with it. Hong Kong universities have now become battlefields where authorities fired volleys of tear gas at demonstrators who retaliated with patrol bombs. One protester used a bow and arrow to fight back against police. In the most alarming incident, rioters throw chairs and traffic cones from a footbridge onto the moving vehicles underneath near to the University of Hong Kong. The chairs dropped from the bridge, hit the feet of an innocent motorbike driver, causing him to, law, to lose balance. It's clearly a murderous act that could have killed the poor innocent driver. Hong Kong has seen some of the worst violence in the past days, including a protester being shot at close range by a police officer and a man set on fire. The victim got into a dispute with rioters over political wills and was then beaten up brutally. He suffered bloodied head injury before being pulled being with flammable fluid and set on fire. He is now in critical condition in hospital, suffering severe burns to his head and upper body. The case is classified as attempted, attempted murder under the investigation of Commercial Crime Bureau. Demonstrators also set a Christmas tree on fire in a Hong Kong shopping mall Tuesday. The unrest in Hong Kong began in June with protesters denouncing what they believe is Chinese meddling in the Asian financial hub. They're also angry about what they say is the police's brutal response to the crisis. As violence escalates in Hong Kong, the chairman of the U.S. Senate Foreign Relations Committee pushes for legislation supporting the city's pro-democracy protesters. Republican Senator Jim Risch urges his colleagues to pass the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act, which would place Hong Kong's special treatment by the United States under tighter scrutiny. The U.S. House of Representatives unanimously passed that bill last month. The U.S. earlier said it is closely watching the situation in Hong Kong with grave concern. It also denounced the shooting of a protester by a police officer. Washington's statements drawing a sharp rebuke from Beijing. No matter which country you are in, seizing a police officer's gun, attacking a police officer who is on duty, 
threatening the life and safety of an on-duty police officer is certainly not allowed and will definitely be forcefully countered by the local police. I would like to ask officials in the U.S. or the U.K. if such a case were to occur in their countries, how would their police deal with it? Filipino workers in Hong Kong determined to stay despite the months-long protests gripping the Chinese territory. Speaking to ANC, Philippine Consul General in Hong Kong, Rally Tejada, said Filipinos in the city are coping well. He added no Filipinos have been hurt or affected by the demonstrations. They are definitely uh, determined to stay here in Hong Kong because uh, they feel that uh, this uh, situation will uh, uh, blow over uh, because... Uh, uh, Anyway, the, the, the situation here in Hong Kong, while uh, there is some chaos, uh, they feel secure in the homes uh, that they are working in. Uh, their employers remain supportive uh, of their stay here in Hong Kong. And I have not uh, seen any uh, domestic uh, workers uh, wanting to, to leave because of the chaos. U.S. Senator Richard Durbin pushing the Philippine government to drop the charges against Duterte critics Senator Laila de Lima and journalist Maria Reza. Manila's envoy to Washington, Jose Manuel Babes Romualdez, says he met with Durbin at the U.S. Capitol this week upon the request of the American senator. U.S. Senator Edward Markey was also there. Durbin and Markey are among five senators who filed a resolution condemning the alleged arrest of human rights make that human rights defenders and political leaders here in the Philippines. They called De Lima's detention on drug-related charges politically motivated and the arrest of Reza unjustified. Durbin has also sought to deny U.S. entry to any Philippine official involved in De Lima's detention. Philippine Senate Minority Leader Franklin Drillon slams the Duterte administration's massive infrastructure push, describing it as a dismal failure. Malacanang hitting back at Trilon, calling his statements baseless. Sherian Torres tells us more. Senate Minority Leader Franklin Drilon has previously stated only nine of the 75 projects under the administration's Build, Build, Build program have started. Drilon was able to confirm this information during Monday's plenary debate for the proposed 4.1 trillion peso 2020 national budget, while interpolating budget sponsor Senator Sani Angara. The Build, Build, Build program is the legacy of the Duterte administration. It showcases major infrastructure plans on roads, transportation systems, airports, new cities, and flood control and management facilities. One of them is the ambitious Panay Gimaras Negros Bridge project, which aims to connect the three islands in the Visayas. It has yet to be started. Drilon doubts the government will be able to deliver its promised 100 projects to the people. And he blames the transportation and public works departments. Uh, sad to say, the build, build, build program of this administration is a dismal failure. We have only two years and a half left of this administration. I don't think any substantial uh, progress, uh, in so far as that program is concerned, will be achieved. Uh, as I would repeat, uh, the execution is simply dismal. Angara, meanwhile, identifies the road bridges in Clark, Pampanga, another in Binondo, Manila, in Estrella, Makati, and the Clark Airport as among the nine ongoing projects. Angara says the government plans to replace its list of 100 projects with doable projects so it can deliver its commitment to the people. It will be a positive effect because if you're going to be able to do a project that's not going to be able to do, 
pinalitan mo ng proyekto na alam mo matutuloy. It's just na mahirap talaga magano mag-implement ng projects which is not which is not unique to this administration, di ba? Halos lahat ng administrasyon nahihirapan sa malalaking proyekto. The office of the president meanwhile has this to say. Senator Frank, look at the administration you previously belong. Six years, not a single infrastructure na nagawa. <laughs> malayong malayo. Sa dami. Drilon doesn't think any substantial progress will be achieved since Duterte only has two and a half years left in his term. Sharian Torres, ABS-CBN News. A Philippine lawmaker plans to file a bill seeking to give President Duterte emergency powers to carry out government's Build, Build, Build program. House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Joey Salceda says while the rollout has been quite slow, the bottlenecks have mostly been in the big-ticket items under the Transport Department. Salceda believes it's not too late to get back on track. In fact, he hopes to add the list of 75 flagship projects, more than 20 PPP or private sector initiative projects. There's a clear list already mm -hmm. that it is in the paramount national interest to complete these projects. Mm -hmm. So kung ano man po nakakasagabal, kaya niyang gamitin yung powers na yun, right to boy, mm -hmm. uh, mga mag magkukulit na mga... Um, so essentially that allows him to do these things. So, kasi 8.1 trillion yun, yung, yung nakasalang lang, 2.1 trillion lang yun eh. So very, very least kung sino alin mga proyekto binibigyan siya ng emergency powers. Mm -hmm. Bakit ba emergency powers to deal with crisis? Why not emergency powers for something more positive? I'm taking away any alibi by the president that he has not done what probably is the most ambitious infrastructure program since uh, 1977. Meanwhile, Salceda is confident the proposed 4.1 trillion peso 2020 national budget will be ready for the president's signature by the end of the month. He also insists there are no illegal insertions in the spending bill, an assurance backed by fellow House lawmaker Luis Villafuerte. As is where is the budget naman ay approved ng House. Eh. Mm -hmm. So, ang um, lumabas doon eh, yung budget lang ng... SK Barangay Elections, ang um, um, nirealign namin to uh, camp development for APBNP, for early child care development, ang tagal ng walang pondo, mental health. So those are, I think, uh, in priority institutional in, uh, priorities. The Congress has plenary powers to, to dispose of the budget. Everything's line item in the budget. Ano ba yung 20 billion? Because we've been asking, Malacanang has been asking. In fact, the yeah. President said, uh, point it out and we'll take it out. Then up to this date, wala pang uh, line uh, uh, document saying that there is. So okay. we remain uh -oh. uh, firm and uh, on our stand. And uh, the document speaks for itself. There's no park. There's no parking. Weather disturbance Ramon intensifies into a tropical storm as it moves west-northwest closer to the country. Signal number one now raised over several areas in the Bicol region and the Visayas. Gale warnings also up for Luzon's eastern seaboard. State Weather Bureau Pagasa warns residents in affected areas of heavy rains and possible flooding and landslides, most especially those previously battered by last week's storm Kiel. Inaasahan kasi natin itong mag-landfall sa Isabela, Cagayan area. At uh, alam natin, nung nakaraang linggo ay nagkaroon ng malalakas na ulan doon sa Cagayan at nagkaroon pa ng landslide. 
At sana hindi naman mapinsala. Aside kay Ramon ay uh, umiiral pa rin nga itong uh, Northeast Monsoon or Amihan dito nga sa ilang bahagi ng Northern and Central Zone. So dalawa yung uh, system na posibleng magdulot ng pag-ulan sa ilang bahagi na ating bansa within 24 hours as well as within the next 2 to 3 days. It's win or go home time for the UP Fighting Maroons and the USC Growling Tigers as they clash one last time for the second UAAP final seed. The do or die match takes place at 4 this afternoon at the Mall of Asia Arena. USC erased UP's fights to beat advantage in the semis by winning game one, 89 to 69. In that game, the Tigers had their way on defense, also limiting the Maroons' top scorers. Expect MVP Soleimani Chabio to again lead the charge for the Tigers along with their prized newcomer Renz Abando. The Maroons will counter with last year's MVP Bright Acuete and star big man Kobe Paras. And that's today's online edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. Don't forget to like and share this video and leave your comments below.